0: There's a passage this morning that I'd like to, to talk about, and we'll be studying all the book of Psalms, and we'll begin here in chapter 2 in just a moment. Well, a lot of the reactions have been given unto us from God, as far as how He views man, and upon watching man, the reaction that is often demonstrated when God sees our behavior. The Bible tells us that, speaking of Jesus, that He was truly God in the flesh. And that man, Jesus Christ, is who that we're talking about. We're going to turn here in just a moment in Psalms chapter 2. We're going to find various passages in the Bible about Jesus Christ, His reaction also to what He witnessed in the hearts and the lives that was orchestrated in their faith their servitude toward God or the like thereof. Jesus was a very emotional and many times, in many passages. We can have the historical account given unto us. In John 11, and verse 35, upon the death of Lazarus, He speaks unto us very plainly that Jesus wept. Not only did He give unto us His reaction of weeping, but in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4 and verse 38, it spoke of the occasion and even Jesus many times on occasion was very tired and he slept. John 4 also bears that John chapter 4 and verse 6. Jesus also was a man who became become very thirsty. He drunk and ate just as you and I did. There was an emotional times and there was moments that he was truly disturbed and the things in which that he saw which does not make one weaker person or a weaker character exposed. In Mark chapter 3 and verse 5, we can see that when Jesus was looking up on the disciples, He was filled with anger. He was grieved for the hardness of their hearts and the many things that He has done to prove that He is the Son of God, that He went in one ear and out in the other. And He was grieved. He was saddened. We can go back into the study of Matthew. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, that he was a very, the Bible says, it is a very compassionate man. As he watched over his disciples, and he saw that many things that was lacking in their hearts and their lives, and he was there to supply whatever he possibly could at the occasion. In Mark chapter 14, verse 34, The Bible very clearly tells us that Jesus was a man that was also familiar with with sorrow. He says, Therefore that my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. Isaiah said that so long ago in the study of Isaiah 53 verse 13 that Jesus Christ as he was speaking that he was a man of sorrows. So we have an account that God that was in Christ He wept, he also slept, he was tired, he became angry, he was grieved, one that was filled with compassion, one that was truly amazed at the behavior of the creation, and also a man who was truly exceedingly sorrowful. But to my knowledge, no record of his laughing. It's what I want to talk about when God laughs this morning. In the book of Psalms, if you please, let us turn to our chapter two. Psalms chapter two. We'll begin reading here. And well, let's just begin in verse one, read the first five verses that we might get an overall picture as to why is it, Berlin, would you say that, that God would, would laugh at the creation? Here's the question was asked But the was so long ago, question number one. Why do the heathen rage or nations rage? Why do the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against His anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh, the Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. I find the occasion here that one thing that would make God laugh is nations of people and generations to follow those who reject him. He says again, the question, why do the nations rage or the heathen rage? Why do the people therefore imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth therefore set themselves in the rulers, they take counsel together against the Lord and also against the anointed sin. Let us therefore break these bands asunder. Question. God would say, why do you laugh at me? The things that I have done and have proven to you that I am the God of heaven, the giver, the keeper, the provider, the protector... Have provided a way unto you and have included you in my eternal purpose with mankind, and yet you have cut asunder, you have disregarded me, you have rejected me, the kings and the rulers, and all of those who appoint those who serve God and make fun of them. All of the communist nations who deny the existence of God. We talk about the red China, and we talk about Russia, and that is sad. What about the U.S.? We claim, and as those nations are very atheistic to say the least, what about the U.S.? You know, we we, we pride ourselves here in the U.S., especially in this region. We're known particularly by the media. Although we're under the object of ridicule and scrutiny at all times that we are the, quote, Bible belt. That we are a, a group of people who therefore sincerely believe in the existence of God and give our very best in serving God. But yet, we are minority. Many times we, we are hammered and we are defeated when it comes to enforcing the laws of the lands we do our best in trying to elect the officials who govern and have the rule over us, who have no regard for the laws and the moral standards and ethics that God has given unto us, we're laughed at. And various studies or debates or whatever they may be, that we are the object of ridicule. I do believe, according to the history as we have, the beginning, the beginning of the time, a few times in which that God would laugh, is when the world was destroyed by water in the days of Noah. You remember Noah, as he was the object of ridiculed in the, in, the, in the many years, and he constructed in the ark, and in his preaching unto the people to repent, because you are going to be destroyed. The laugh, the ridicule that was given. Into, Why, what A flood, what are you talking about? God is going to destroy you. That was in His plan of preaching. And when those doors were closed and the rain started to come from heaven, the earth opened up and the fountains opened up and the waters come up. There was no one laughing then. But God. In the years is the time that the people is given a choice and the time to repent and to change. Rather than do the things that God has asked them to do. Repeatedly as we have given here in Psalms account in chapter 2, verses 2 and closing out in verse 5. People scorned at the commandments of God. When Jesus rose from the dead... As it was prophesied and foretold all the certain events that was going to happen concerning this Messiah, He truly came into play as part of the eternal purpose of God. They mocked. They ridiculed. Especially when it comes to the subject of the resurrection. When Jesus rose from the dead, God laughed at those people who just did not obey and the people who did not believe those who mocked Him, those who made fun of Him, those who crucified our Lord and Savior upon the cross, those who was cast in lots, those who spit upon Him, those who put the crown of thorns upon His head, and the soldier who pierced His side with the sword. God then laughed at the resurrection of Christ. There is another passage given unto us. If you would turn there very quickly in the study of Psalms, I would look at that very quickly. In Psalms chapter 17, beginning in verse 12. Again, this is the prayer that proceeded from the mouth of David. He says, verse 12, Like as a lion that is greedy of his prey as it is as if we're young a lion lurking in the secret places. Arise, O Lord, and disappoint him. Cast him down, deliver my soul from the wicked, which is thy sword. The wicked, he says in this, that the wicked plots against the just and gnashes up on him with the teeth. And I do believe this is a time and occasion the Lord shall laugh at him, for he sees that his day therefore is coming. That is the prayer of David. Very quickly we can turn still in the book of Psalms. We can turn into chapter 52. A very weighty and mighty passage to say the least. One of the many reasons in which God will laugh at the creation. We who are very boastful. Those who think that we have the world with a tail and we can swing it at our command, that we can do whatever that we so desire without ever answering to God. Beginning verse 1, Psalms 52. Why is it then that thou boastest in thyself and mischief, mighty Man? The goodness of God endeareth continually. Thy tongue deviseth mischief like a sharp razor, working deceitfully. Thou lovest evil more than good and lying rather than to speak righteousness. Thou lovest all devouring words, O thou deceitful tongue. God shall likewise destroy thee forever. He shall take thee away and pluck thee out of thy dwelling place and root thee out of the land of the living. The righteous also shall see and fear him and shall laugh at him. Lo is the man that made not God in his strength but trusted in the abundance of his riches. And strengthen himself in his wickedness. The boastful. The boastful. The proud. The mighty. Who trusted in his own things, his own substance, and who strengthened himself because of the wickedness of the things that he has done. And rather enjoys that situation in the setting that he's in. Those who are boastful. Those who are mighty. And those who willfully have a great enjoyment in those things that are evil. And we can speak of various things as far as the tolerance of evil religion. The right to abort these young children. that are in the bellies of the mother the gay pride movement that we have here in the United States. And we always talk about our rights, that we have a right to do this and we have a right to do that even though that it is evil. We see no evil, we see no contrast in that based upon the teachings of God He has given to us. And He says, those of you who are boastful and mighty, who think that you're so strong and mighty that you don't have to answer anybody, He says, lo, again, verse 7, Lo, is this man that made not God his strength, but therefore trusted in the abundance of his own riches, and trusted himself in his own strength, and his own wickedness. We'll see. When we have individuals of moral ethics who stand up, trying to rule a country, and go against the things that is taught, and go against the things that is practiced today, in regards to the rights of the individuals who go against the principles of God, we'll see who has the last laugh. We will see. We will see who has the last laugh, laugh This is one of the things that Paul, one of many things that Paul gave unto young Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, beginning verse 1. That Timothy as a young evangelist as he was soon to go out into the world, He'll be confronted with many adversaries. He'll be confronted with many kings and rulers. He'll be confronted and approached even within. When it comes to doing the things that God has asked us to do, he says this Know this, therefore, also, even unto the last day, that men therefore shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous people, boastful, proud. And the list goes on and on and on and on. These are the minds of men who is fixed, who are content in doing the things that God is very strongly forbidden that we should do, and we're going to do it anyway. Going back to that verse seven, as we had here a moment ago, these are the individuals who trust in their own strength and their own riches and the things that they possess, without any regards to human wisdom, and the things whether it be right or wrong, they should care less. They go against the principles and instructions given to them by God. And they think that it's a laughing matter. When we stand before groups of people and condemn the idea of of gay marriages, the the, the abortion issue, it goes on and on. Old issues never go away. They're always going to be there. And we stand for the things that is right. We are made obstacles and we are scorned many times and occasions. It is not a popular discussion. It is not a, a popular topic that politicians want to talk about. We want to go with the whims and the cries of the people. Whatever they want. And the people who want things that are against the principles of God. God will laugh then at the end of that day. Will laugh. laugh at those individuals. Psalms 59. I'll bring your lesson to a close. In Psalms 59, it speaks about the enemies of righteousness. David speaks of that in those first nine verses of, as he himself and his nation, the people striving to strive after the will of God to do the best he possibly can Deliver me, he says, from therefore mine iniquities. Verse 1. O my God, and defend me from them that rise up against me. I'm alone, he says. Deliver me therefore from the workers of iniquity, and save me from these bloody men. For lo, they lie in wait for my soul. The mighty are gathered against me, not for my transgression, nor for my sin, O Lord. They run and prepare themselves without my fault awake to help me. And behold, thou therefore, O Lord, God of hosts, God of Israel, awake to visit all the heathen. Be not merciful to any wicked transgressors. They return in even they make a noise like a dog, and they go about into the city. Behold, they belch out their mouths, swords in their lips for who say they doth hear. But thou, O Lord, shall laugh at them, Thou shall have all the heathen in derision because of his strength will I wait upon thee for God is my defense. I'm doing the best I can, David says. But seemingly, they laugh at my righteousness. Bible-believing individuals are made a laughing stock. And we can even see that on the TVs if it's anything good to watch. You'll have individuals who honestly have good moral principles about them and strive to do the best. And if you notice, generally, some of the late night shows and commentaries, those who believe in the Bible and strive to serve God, they're the object of ridicule and they're the centerpiece of their jokes and attractions. And the TV, we can see there's nothing full of adultery. They got various shows of swapping wives. You think about that. Sexual perversions, the belittling of Christians, it is quite obvious, the audience laugh, but God is not laughing. God will have the last laugh. He shall have all nations in derision. Go ahead and enjoy yourself, He says. I'll have my last laugh. What well, of are the most, in my opinion again, one of the quickest things that can make God laugh is not necessarily the sin that we can conjure up or practice in our hearts and our lives and put into practice. But one of the greatest things, again, that I would find that would make God laugh is that we live an entire life rejecting His mercy. The most dangerous thing that any person can do is to hear the message of God and to constantly reject it. God is laughing when that day comes. Of when we have the chances and opportunity in Second Peter three verse nine, it's God's will that we all be saved. But we make him a liar. We make him a liar because we believe not the record that is being given unto us I Meaning, we know the record is true. And some will say, Ferlin, I disagree with you with your, with your title and the comment that you're making about God laughing at us. But I remind myself. I remind myself of the passage given unto us in Ezekiel 33. Ezekiel 33, verse 11. God says, as I live, as I live, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. But that the wicked shall turn from his way and live. Turn, and again repeats himself, and he says, turn from your evil ways. For why will you die? It's pointless and it's senseless for us to go to a grave dying in our sins and not obeying the gospel of Christ to those who reject the mercy of God. God has done all that He's going to do to mankind. He's already provided a way for us that we may be saved and we may scorn at it. We may laugh at it. And we may reject it. But God will have the last laugh. God gave heaven's best his son, and one thought that I'd leave with you: the loss of one soul is not a laughing matter. Let me say that again: the loss of one soul is not a laughing matter. He has paved the way; he has given to us a way, whereas that man can be saved by hearing. We talked about that very briefly this morning, Romans 10, and verse 17. To believe. Remember Jesus said so long ago in the Gospel of John 8 and verse 24, he says, Nate, lest you believe that I am He, you shall die in your sins. Why die in your sins? That, that, that's pointless. That, that's silly. I have showed you. You must be willing to repent. To see that your life is on the concordance and, and, and the pattern that is laid down. We now understand God's eternal purpose for us. Why don't we do that? Why don't we accept it? And to throw it away there's no laughing matter. God says, I will laugh at those who reject me. And to be willing to confess Christ before man, before God, that you believe with all of your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And to be immersed in a watery grave of baptism for the remission of your sins. Oh, that's silly. You people talk about baptism so much. As silly as it may sound, as it may seem to you. It is this preaching and the foolishness of the preachers of the cross of Christ. It is that that Paul says that very thing that is silly to you is that thing that will save us. Those who reject it, God will laugh at in the great and final day. Think about that together as we stand and as we sing.